scary crit. Hello, everyone. Welcome back. Yeah, it's been only a week this time. It's weird. Oh, my God. It's just we just can't get enough of you. So we, <laughs> we come back earlier and we're going to keep doing it. Um, so, yeah, I didn't I didn't come up with a question for this week. No, I have a question. I saw it on Twitter and I was like, oh, that's a good one. Oh, Lord. What, um, what has the Twitterverse brought you? So the Twitterverse brought to me what... Oh, that's my dog crunching in the background. Also, oh, what um, horror film do you think is a rite of passage? A rite of passage. That's an easy one. What were you going to say? I was going to say um, The Exorcist. Oh, I feel okay. like I feel like everyone has to watch the exorcist i feel like the exorcist is horror's version of sis and kane everybody talks about it everybody's like this is the one so i feel like that's the one that everyone has to watch and it's fun to read up on like when it came out people were like fainting in the theaters and there were ambulances outside it's just like oh my god like wow horror back in the day especially at that time them doing a horror film like that um it just changed the game and i remember um my dad had it on when I was younger and he called me in there. He's like, come here. And it was that scene where she's um, backwards crab walking down the stairs. Oh, yeah. And I saw that and I just went right back out the room. I'm just like, I don't, I want no parts, dad. No, thank you. <laughs> I don't know what this is. I don't know what you're on. I don't know what she's on, but I'm out. <laughs> Bye. Um, but I would say my rite of passage, um, definitely scream. Okay. I see that. Like, I had to think about it for a second. Then I was like, yep, that's the one. And it's not only because um, we're birthday twins, the movie and I, but um, I would say just the way that um, it revitalized the slasher genre for a new new generation and um, how, I don't know, how it kind of like elevated the horror game and also of course the writing and how Ghostface. But so see, I feel like those are two prime examples of Citizen Kane horror movies. (laughs) Like like this ubiquitous thing. Yeah. That everyone always references, always. All the time. And like Ghostface was everywhere, especially for Halloween in elementary school. Like I couldn't tell you how many. And back then I used to just call it Scream. Yeah. You know? Did you did you see did anybody out. at your school have the mask with the blood in it? With blood? Yes, they did. Yeah. And I was just like, how does that work? Oh my God. Like and, and you don't see those anymore. It was such like a a nineties, early two thousands thing when I was yeah. elementary and you just you don't see it anymore. But yeah, back in the day everybody was ghostface for Halloween. It was crazy. Yeah. Um so that was our question. Um, let's see. So Negronomicon today. Um, take it off the shelf, dust it off, open it up. Um, the Golden Globes were announced. Interesting. The Golden, the Golden Globe nominations. And Interesting. Well, well <laughs> that's that's one word for it. <laughs> and, so, <laughs> and so while we had um, some some good nominations like um for example in the director category we have three women um which i think is probably like the first time that amount of women have ever been nominated um in that category um we have um emerald 
of Finel, or Finel, who did Promising Young Woman, which I saw and enjoyed a lot. Um, we have um, Chloe Zhao, um, who did Nomad, Nomadland, which I still need to watch. Um, I don't know that much about it, mm-hmm. but uh, it has my attention. And then, of course, um, the Queen Regina King for One Night in Miami, which I still need to sit down and put on Amazon Prime. You didn't watch that uh, yet? No, I'm I'm really slow to all the like. One Night in Miami was really good. Mal- photographer yeah. Malcolm X is my favorite Malcolm X. That's nice to hear because I know you were on the fence about it. You were like, yeah, oh, I was oh, like. Oh. Mm-hmm. And I I watched it and it was like, it exceeded all expectations that I had. Cause I feel like the, I don't know, that's a conversation for another day. But when all that other stuff came out about Regina and how she cast it and what she did and then seeing what happened on screen, I was like, oh yeah, this I like, this I can do again. I will, I will watch. I um, probably within the week I will watch, but um, so you know, women directors, um, there were some other good nominations, but the the most pressing one for me was um, the complete shutout of Michaela Coyle's, um, or Cole's um, I May Destroy You, um, the oh, HBO series I from the summer. I haven't watched that. That's okay, but, um, and, I, and I know you were like so many other people who haven't, because it, it wasn't, like I May Destroy You, um, it was not like um, a big show or a show with a lot of press. I definitely didn't see it everywhere, but um, I was a fan of Michaela from like her work with Chewing Gum and um, like just her as a writer. So the okay. series got, and I go on. I was just going to say, I, you ever watch um, the end of the world movie the, the, with the, all those comedians? I'll send it to you later, but there's a quote. No, no, I think I, I think I know it's one, one way. All the comedians are you Seth Rogen like, and Cedric Robinson and all those people, and they like go to a Hollywood party, and then it's like and, and everyone's playing themselves. Right? Yes, yes. What's that called? I think it was called The End of the World. I I know, I, but I do know that movie. Yes. What so about there's a quote because the one the main skinny white guy character is like a hipster. And people make fun of him. And they're like, you're a hipster, aren't you? You hate things that are universally loved. Life is like a box of chocolates. <laughs> and <laughs> I feel like sometimes what I do with television and film is that oh, yeah. if everyone is talking about it, then I just you don't watch it. And then mm-hmm. I wait until people stop talking mm-hmm. about it. And then I watch the thing. And unfortunate, and I know that's a terrible habit, but... No. I think I subconsciously do that. That's the reason why I haven't seen a lot of things now. Like my list of things to watch is so long. Yeah. I just, I don't know. So I ha- cause I haven't watched chewing gum. I haven't watched, um, may I destroy you. And I've heard beautiful, amazing, fantastical things. The words, they escape me. It's, it's a lot, but it's, it's an incredible show. Um, I knew about it because, um, when I was watching insecure, um last I think it was either I think it was the spring um they were having they were doing you know they do previews of they do previews of what's coming up so I think about a week after Insecure went off for their season I May Destroy You I think took their slot um so seeing the previews and the trailers I was already excited but watching the show was just like Michaela is just uh, like I really can't like I could write like a 
probably a um what is it an op-ed is that how you say it yeah about this show um you but should. It, do it, the thing maybe um don't tempt me <laughs> but it's like the the characterizations the way how the way the ways the episodes handle this heavy um subject matter and um the monologues uh, the dialogue alone um and just how the season or the story progresses and then by mm-hmm. the time you get you reach the season finale which oh my god the work that the season finale did um it the fact that it was shut out really got me because it it kind of makes you it made it seem like the golden globes like shot themselves in the foot for doing that because it's like you claim to be like this award show that really wants to um give um are recognized you want to give recognition to um these amazing creative works of art and you know the media television world and Michaela Cole's show did all of that and then some on like all fronts um and the fact that it was completely shut out and there's a lot with um you know her being a black creator the show focusing on like um rape and consent you know the me too movement um and the fact that you know it's um it's a it's a distinctly British show as well, but it's just like, I don't, I don't know. Cause uh, you even have a person from this show called Emily in Paris, I think from on Netflix, a writer who that show was nominated and they're like, thank you. But, um, McKinney, what about this one over here? Right. Yeah. So, and I'm, and I, I really appreciate the solidarity that came out through actors and writers in Hollywood, even from people, even from shows that were nominated for Golden Globes who have this, outcry of I may destroy you not getting anything because they know it's a disservice but I mean I, I guess that's the other side of this conversation right because I don't know enough about how the Golden Globes are voted for and this is going to make me go do some research on how that happens because one right the Golden Globes just like the Academy is a organization that is more conservative than you would assume it to be Right. Because of who was able to vote. You have that is something that has to be taken in consideration. And then two, the other side of the same coin is. Do is it more validating that her work of art was not was considered to be too much for these awards? Right. And that's what, and, that, and, that, and, and it's and, a double-edged sword because you, in order to get more money and more business and more things, you have to win these awards. But does it serve a purpose for your work to not be considered within this already conservative kind of cookie cutter-esque system? And that's not to say that what was con- what was nominated is not good because I love Schitt's Creek. I started watching Schitt's Creek in quarantine and it's like one of the greatest comedies I've ever watched. So, but it also fits within the confines of this system. Mm-hmm. So ha- is it, is it better that your work is so revolutionary and is so pushing the envelope forward that it is not considered at all? Going back to what you were saying about how, like, I may destroy you, it, it challenges or it goes outside of those like confines of, of like what the Golden Globes is, is comfortable with, but at the same time, them not getting nominated can, you know, mess up 
the funds. There was a tweet by um, a Doreen St. Felix on Twitter who said, in a way, not getting the white affirmation is a sign that the black art was genuinely challenging. The only reason the snubs are a travesty is because it fucks up the money. Right. And it's Message. like, I don't, oh, it just, that, 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 that sums a lot of it up for me because um, let's, yeah, let's push outside of that box and really get these people to think and like see, see but this. But it's not about. You know? I don't think necessarily it's about those people. And that's why I said that before, that I really want to figure out the system of the Golden Globes voting. Yeah. So mm, I just, I know, I know Michaela didn't, you know, create this show for people who are probably on the voting committee of these awards, but um, it's just how this show is able to, um, I don't know, like so hits hit so many people I just feel like that and and they didn't the fact that that was not recognized or or if it was ignored entirely I just I it it like I said it's a it's a disservice it's more than a snub but it's like it's a disservice and I highly recommend if anyone hasn't seen I I may destroy you please watch it Uh, like I said I know award season is a constant up down but this just hit entirely different especially after watching the show it's just I like mm. We shouldn't. Again, so I wonder if, and again, this is a conversation for another day, but I wonder if there can be a more diverse answer to these award shows, right? Because there are other, because these, like the Academy was just an organization before they started putting out awards. This was just a random organization before they started awarding things. And that, that became the standard for how you get ahead in this industry. So I'm wondering if there is a black indigenous person of color org that could potentially create an award situation that is a more diverse situation than what we have now. I think it's possible. Like, I feel like the answer is always yes. It's just, it's going to require money, access, yeah, time, funds, all that stuff. Names, all the things. Let's move okay. on. Yeah, that was a lot. Because otherwise, I'm going to just get mad. <laughs> right, that was a lot. Um, okay, now we're going to back on the shelf. And we are going on to our main scenario of today's episode, Scary Crit. Today, we are going to crit a little film from the year 2011, a sci-fi comedy horror by the name of Attack the Block. I love this film. I've seen it so many times. I... Okay, confession time. Not <laughs> um, confession time. Stop. <laughs> you know I'm going to in here. Um, so the f- first time I was introduced to John Boyega was, of course, you know, Star Wars, The Force Awakens. I didn't know about Attack the, Attack the Block before then, um, but I knew about it after, but I still didn't watch it up until we decided to create the movie <laughs> over the weekend. So... I sat down and watched for the first time and I was just amazed at how everything just worked so well. Um, Edgar Wright, um, who was not the director, but I think he was a producer on it. Um, I just feel like, I don't know, a signature of his work is it's just so crazy, but it all works. And I feel like this, that element was brought into Attack the Block and it was like, I am really sad more people do not know about do not know about this 
movie because it it was not it, it got it got critical acclaim but I don't think it was like a, a box office you know you know Smash. Um, but it go on I what I I think that this is one of those movies that the people who know about it, like the underground community, whatever, love it and hail it as one of those like things. Because a lot of people don't know John Carpenter's first movie was um, Assault on Precinct 13. Mm. And this movie follows that same formulaic. Mm -hmm. This is my first feature. Eat it up, people. You know what I mean? Because it gives you these like scrappy characters to root for the whole time over this like outside force that you really can't control yeah what a debut though for everybody involved um like the actors mostly but, uh, and it reminded me very much of scream because it was an unknown cast and a really weird intense high energy situation and it just worked it was very because mm, it would have been a different movie if it was made like today and everybody knows who john boyega is yeah, yeah. But I think this is this is definitely a great jumping off point for us to get ready to know who he is. Because um, uh, this direct, I'm pretty sure this directly led to um, like him being in Star Wars The Force Awakens, like having, but even then he was still relatively unknown because Attack the Block is not a very well-known movie. But um, let's, we should probably get into like the details of it so we don't leave the people hanging okay so uh joe cornish wrote and directed the movie and it stars john boyega as moses jody whitaker as sam and fun little thing about both of them you already know john um plays spin in star wars um and this is you know where he came from um jody whitaker um i think played uh, most recently um i think the most recent doctor and doctor who yeah she did um, so it's like, it's really cool to see like these two got their starts kind of here with this movie. And again, it was like a jumping off point. And then you had um, Nick Frost was in there as Ron and you had Alex um, Esmiel as Pest, who was like the second in command of the crew. Now with, <laughs> with Pest, um, he reminded me so much. I kept, I kept thinking it was um, that one boy um, from like, it and Shazam, what is his name? Um, Jack Dylan Grazer. I really thought that's who it was. I thought who, I thought that's who Pest was or that's who Pest reminded me of. Like mm -hmm. if they, I really thought it was Jack. I'm like, cause they, I don't know. They look, they look similar to me and their characters um, kind of reminded me of one another. Like his character in Shazam and then Pest in Attack the Block. They reminded Shaz me of What a reference. Shazam is a reference. <laughs> he, he, well, he was in that. He was. And I also said it. He played Eddie in it. So, um, but with Attack the Block, so you have these this uh, group of like um, young boys, kind of like in um, like hoodlum activity. activity. Um, but can we also talk about that too, just real quick? I hate that whenever you look up a synopsis of this film, they call them a gang. They are not a gang. <laughs> They like it's just not a gang situation. They they the neighborhood kids, but they're not like a official. Like I don't know, it just bothers me that 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 descriptive that adjective bothers me. We can get into language too, because there was a lot of that in this movie that I want to dive into. Yeah. So I'll, I'll say um, South London teenagers. 
defend their neighborhood from malevolent extra extraterrestrials, that word. Um, the movie was like a, a mashup of a lot of different genres because you had like kind of like the, the street drama with yep. the um, teenage comedic element and then the uh, sci-fi horror element with the aliens. Yep. Um, it, it, was, it was a fun, it was a fun movie, like uh, oh, across everything. It was a fun movie. It was a joy to watch. It was a joy to experience. I loved how it was kind of like um, one of those contained films being that it happens in one location, like mm. one setting, which uh, was a, um, a, a, an apartment building, like a housing building um in in their neighborhood and it's like I don't know why I thought the movie was going to take place all across like the city or whatever or at least the whole block I didn't think they were that but when they say the block they're they're referring to this the building bu- this building it's kind of like the wire with the towers yeah yeah um now that would have been fun to see an alien invasion on that but anyway <laughs> um like what what is Avon going to do then but anyway <laughs> um so where should we start where should we should we start I think we should start at the beginning because I think it was interesting that they opened it up with the robbery situation I I was so annoyed yeah I'm like do I really do I really need to see this black boy robbing this white woman right now no it was unnecessary these optics do I need to see this I'm like come on uh the stereotypes so that's so that's how it opens up and I was like I was over it already but then um in the middle of this you know mugging um a what I don't even know what's called well fireworks are happening and then a I'm not gonna say missile but you know something a pod a a craft little meteorite whatever there you go that's a better word hits the car um, which interrupts the near them, which interrupts the whole mugging. Um, Sam, the uh, white woman, runs away, and then uh, Moses and his crew start checking out like the the car. Um, not really for what landed there, but they're just trying to see if the car has any valuables. That's when Moses is like scratched up by this little creature yeah. that had crash landed, and then the creature runs off, and Moses just. <laughs> abruptly it's just like you know what i i want to kill that thing because it it got me so it has to get got <laughs> so he takes the crew and they go to um kill this creature which they do successfully and you know then they take it back to um the block you know start flaunting it around but they want to go talk to i think nick frost's character to see um if he can identify like what species it is and um yeah, so that was the beginning of the film. And while they're there getting like the the creature checked out, that's when they notice through the fireworks more and more of those same like meteorites falling to the ground. Uh, mm-hmm. And and what and what threw me off? What threw me off? Maybe this is just me, because I would be a completely different kind of character or different kind of mindset would be when I when I see meteorites on, my first instinct is not to go check it out especially after seeing what was in the first one i'll be like we need to get somewhere safe we need to lock um the doors like but they were I, maybe it's the fact that you know they were um so i think their age range is like you know 15 year olds yeah they were kids so it was a yeah. game yeah so they're just like let's go and you know 
Kill get some more. more of them. And I was just like, what? I don't know. But it threw me off. But that's, I think that's what made the film work because it was just like, you know, that, that giddiness of, of youth um, and also recklessness. So they go out there and that's when they discover it is not the same. It's not small or anything like the other one. It is this large, okay, we're just gonna have to get into it. Um, the, the monsters? The creature I design. love them. I the love creature, them so much. The creature design was on one because two things, the simplicity and also just how effective it was. So these, the, the, the what would you call them? Um, like if we're gonna call it, like if this was an anthill, these would be like what the, 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 the soldier ants, the worker ants. <laughs> You're laughing. Why are you laughing? Good description. We'll call it, or like if this was aliens, they would be like the, you know. The face the huggers? That, no, no. The ones that were like getting, the, the, the ones the military was going up against in the hive. The oh, next, the black, like the, yeah. Like the yeah, big yeah. one, you know. So they were like those, but these things are huge. They're they're they run on four legs. But they weren't. They're they were hurt. big enough. They were just big enough because if they were any bigger, then they would have been clunky. You know what I mean? Like whoever whoever the the puppeteer creative person was in this situation gave them just a, enough features for them to be menacing because the glowing teeth and oh, the glowing. That- Nails I, wanted to get to that. I wanted to get to that. Oh my god. Was just, was perfect against we, this black when thing. We, when we first see one of the soldiers or uh, one of the soldier aliens, oh just aliens coming up. Um you see like these two blue, they look like eyes. Mm-hmm. And then one of the one of the crew is like, I don't think those are eyes. And then you realize oh, those aren't eyes. Those are actually very sharp rows of blue glowing bioluminescent sharp teeth. Yep. And like when I realized that those were not eyes, they were a mouth. Oh my God. I just, like if I had popcorn, I would have thrown it because that is a creature design. And with their with their fur, the, the kind of black it is, it doesn't reflect light. Like, light, yeah. When they killed it in Sam's um, um apartment and it was like lying on the kitchen floor um and just to see like that it was this deep black and it was just like i like it doesn't reflect light so it looks so like uh like when he when he touched it it was like his hand disappeared into it like a black hole yeah Mm -hmm. Uh, it was just the creature design was phenomenal because and again, when you see multiple, when you see multiple aliens, and you just see all those glowing mouths, but they look like eyes because the way their jaws are like, or their mouths are set, um, it's like a scowl that looks like two, you know, I I don't know words, smell, I don't know how to describe it, but like they look like two eyes, but the mouth, just the way that it's set up, they're actually teeth, mm-hmm. um, and just just seeing like also how they moved, like that's what you're saying. If they were any bigger, they would have been clunky. They wouldn't have been able to run like that. Or yeah. um, the chase scenes would have been sloppier. Um, but yeah, the creature design was phenomenal because it's like you when you see them, you know it's a threat. But 
they're not like gargantuan to where it's like ridiculous. They're, they they look like um over like something that maybe got out from like the zoo enclosure. Yeah, yeah, like like and like the, the yeah they were very like a mix between a werewolf, a gorilla, mm-hmm. and a and like a a bat or a possum, something with teeth. Something some that can also climb like scale buildings. A possum. Yeah. Have you seen a possum in real life? Yeah. Well, not in real life. But, you know. I have seen several. They are freaky little rat things. Okay. <laughs> it's not. They're not. It's not like. It's not like the possums from a goofy movie. It's scary. Oh my god! Not goofy movie. So, <laughs> so like possums. But so, um, basically, uh, with the creatures, like you see. When they're first revealed, it's like you, and I loved how when you could see like it in pursuit of them, like especially like from down the street when they got like a re- like the police came and you could see like the glowing blue from down the street and mm-hmm. how it wasn't, it was advancing, but it wasn't like, um, it wasn't running. If it was like Jason in the sense where it's just like, it's coming, but it's not like, it's not, it's like, not in a hurry because it yes. knows it's gonna get you. Yeah. Oh my god, it was so <laughs> frightening. It was so scary. So the creature design was phenomenal. I will never forget my favorite. I think scene involving the creatures was where um, one of the girls um, when they went into the when they went into the girls' apartments. Um, I think her name is um, what was her name. Um, was it Tia or Dimples? Uh, Tia. When they went to Tia's apartment and, you know, they're all talking about the creatures. The girls, of course, do not believe them. Um, but when Tia opens the window, she's like, excuse me, but what is that? And it's two of the creatures right outside the window. Uh-huh. That, was a, that was iconic. That was such, oh my God. Like the build of everything. That was so... All of the 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 girl characters in this film are are iconic because they didn't take no shit. And they fought. They fought. Like the ice skate um, ramp. They fought. But then as soon as it was over, they're like, "We're gone." Yep, you got to get out. Get out <laughs> like this, I didn't ask you to bring this in my home. Get out. Get your like Bernadine. Get, get your, your shit. shit. Get your get shit your and get out. Get out. And like they and they they parted ways because they're just like obviously they're attracted to y'all. We have nothing to do with this. Goodbye. Yeah, so, because they didn't come here until you came here. Get out. Exactly. And I love how she was. And I love how she was able to identify that. I love how she was able to make that correlation immediately. So uh, yeah, the um, the girl characters. Uh, um, like Tia Dimples, all them, they were great. Um, and again, that creature design was just everything to me. Um, but let's get into, hmm, we have a lot here. Um, how about we start with um, hoods and aliens? Well, I think hmm, I, I had this thought because um I think it's an interesting correlation, right, between what's happening. Because when we are introduced to our main character, he is literally robbing someone, right? Like, and that's probably yep. one of the most stereotypical and violent things that can happen. 
And then as we move through the film, and because and, you know, when we open up on him, his face is covered and his hood is up and his bandana is up and it's very like clairvoyantly COVID-19-esque. But as the film progresses, we notice that he becomes, in for lack of a better description, a human being, especially to this white woman that they tried to rob. Because the white woman is essentially, I feel like the perspective from what we're watching this film in terms of the aliens, because it's a parallel to what happens, right? Hmm. This white woman thinks that these children are thugs and all they're ever gonna be is thugs and they should go to jail because that's all they are. And as they progress through this in increasingly violent, life-threatening situation, she starts to see them as human beings and people in the same like, way well, that Moses learns that the aliens are like more than just trying to kill them. And that, that irritates me because it's just like, why does it have to take that for you to see their humanity? Right. Right. But that is life. <sighs> Shouldn't be. <laughs> but yeah. but um, and, and, and I think that's an interesting conversation too when you think about the, the ways in which how do I explain this um when we talk about humanity like all those people in the eyes of an angel if you only give five cents a day oh, you can help this person right or this dog or whatever I feel like a lot of the times when black people and people within the diaspora are trying to explain to white people why police violence is wrong <laughs> right it's it's trying to you are essentially trying to figure out how to humanize something or someone to a person that does not see them as human and i feel like in this film the purpose of the alien invasion is to humanize these black children to this white woman because without this extraterrestrial event, that would not have happened. I'm sorry, I'm just like, yeah. Um, I, again, it just, it, just, it just makes me angry because it shouldn't take this, this, this insane event for you to finally tap in and see, oh my God, like they're like, oh, they're human, they're people too. And they're good people, oh. And they're nice people and, 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 and then like right. along the way, you know, she was not, she was, it, it took a long time for her to get on board it because did. it went from, I'm it stuck did. with these kids because this thing is chasing me to, well, now one is injured and I'm a nurse. So I'm obligated to help to no Moses. Don't go back. You're my friend now, <laughs> but it, it, the, it, it's just interesting that if you, if you think of, this film and remove that element what would have happened was Moses would have went to jail okay okay <sighs> that okay let's get into it um intersectionality again was a big takeaway from this film because uh race um gender class all of that was in play because you have Sam a I think 
I, I'm going to say a pretty much well-off white woman um, who is a nursing student. Um, she was talking to her parents, I think, at the beginning of the film on the phone. Um, nursing school is not cheap, so yeah. she can afford that. And um, But that's probably why she lived in the building that she lived in. I will get to, I will get to that. Um, and then, then you have, and I'll just use Moses, um, who lives alone. Um, I think he has a wayward uncle who comes and goes like there was a scene where Sam, cause the, there was a small little montage sequence in the beginning of the film, um, when they decide to go back out and, you know, attack more aliens where they where they each go to their apartments and get like extra weapons and stuff each boy like has um parents or family in their apartment and it seems to be you know nice neat lived in you know all that stuff like there's order we don't the only person's apartment we do not get to see is moses the most Mm -hmm. we get to see is his door closing and we we know his apartment number that's it later on when sam goes there um to you know trigger like the oven and everything um it it looks and it's in severe like disarray um like very messy um very unkempt and it just seems very lonely too like very Mm -hmm. empty and um Moses himself um seems kind of you know like like rough trade um like very um very how do I say this? Uh, like domineering, um, but like he's like he's the leader of his of his group of friends there, like the crew. Um, yeah. He he seems to. This is again stereotypes. He represents like that 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 street masculinity. You know what I'm trying yeah. to say? And like the mentality through his actions, through how he speaks, everything. But it's very it's very much a forced strength if that makes any sense because i think there's a lot of vulnerability under there because and that's what i'm saying so i think that like you know when you're a kid when you don't have parents and you're just hanging out you you do what everybody else is doing and the people that he was hanging out with were all those stupid drug dealers who were just trying to you know boss up on people so you can't be a punk when nobody else is a punk because then nobody will respect you so you 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 learn your masculinity through the other men that you see running around being men, even Again, if that's not who you are. The wire. <laughs> <laughs> so, I mean. Uh, so, and then, and then when you have these two different identities meet and you just start to see all like their differences um, shine through. Like they don't like, they don't like Sam because they see her as, an outsider essentially um she was even even that one um uh what was his name um uh uh Bruis, that that um that student who doesn't even live there um but who got stuck there because the aliens who was like getting you know um he was getting like uh i think weed or whatever from biggs who is uh um i'm not not biggs from nick frost uh bronze character and how he, when he saw Sam, he automatically thought she did not live there. Yeah. So it, it's just like, cause when you see, um, what was it called? The, was it called the Wyndham Towers or something? When you see a, a, 
a, a building or like a, a housing building like that i it you just you it makes you think of especially like it, it made me think of like the projects yeah. almost and why would there be a white woman nursing student living there um so it is so it's like she's an outsider she's treated as such she's seen as such well she's uh, a have you watched um the vampires versus the bronx yet no she's a white woman with a tote bag there's, oh. there's a joke <laughs> there's a joke that once once the white women with the canvas bags come in it's over it's over it's done <laughs> it's over starbucks will soon follow that's it Yes. So, um, but no, I agree. Like, and, but I think that's also the interesting thing too, because from what I know about, from what I know from, from British television and film, um, you're, it's all about like class and where you're from first and then race and ethnicity is second. So it's interesting that these kids from this neighborhood automatically assumed that she did not live there. And I think it was more about the way that she was dressed necessarily than her Her whiteness. Yes. Okay. So in terms of intersectionality, then it goes to class before race in this. Right. Okay. In this instance. Okay. In this instance. Um, And yeah. And then, and then that even goes back to the police. Let's get into the police again with this because there was a there was a strange correlation between the police and the aliens as antagonists and as predators because as as Lamel said the end of the movie Moses gets arrested because he gets arrested for basically all the fuck shit that had happened during the night of the film like those two the two police officers that uh, um, had gotten killed by the aliens um, and all this other stuff. And it's like they automatically blame him or mm-hmm. his crew. Um, and it's and and it just it drove me crazy because even when they first got arrested, it's just like, excuse me, they are there is an alien after them right now. What are you doing? You were in the right. way. Right. It's like, and it like it's like the automatically the automatic assumption. You oh wait, hold on. I'm sorry. That that was there was grounds for that because Sam did report them to the police. And so the police went, you know, out looking for them and they found them, but um, it just like the, the pursuit aspect of it, where it's just like, there was no, if it wasn't going to be the aliens, it was going to be the police. And also where there is an alien invasion, where was y'all at? Where were you police when there are aliens climbing up the building? Where were you police when I am trapped in a, trash bin and there's an alien trying to get inside where were you when we are under attack um oh but oh i forgot we're we're not white we're not white women so you wouldn't come you wouldn't right care. that's what i'm getting and that that already happens more than enough over here um so see it happening you know in, in something set in south london you know across the pond let's me know yeah. you know i already i already know this shit is universal but i'm just saying um and the fact that you know um what what was his name um biggs uh the one who was stuck in the trash bin um basically gets the whole you know block start to cheer moses name announce you know projecting oh at the end announcing his innocence 
but even through that it takes it even then it takes like this one the word from one white woman to 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 fucking call the dogs off to say they didn't do it they're innocent they actually saved me let them go even and it's like you but you won't take the word for the people who are actually innocent you have to take it from a separate party uh the the dominant party but you know what? So I have it. So quick tangent. My favorite television show is Murder, She Wrote. Yes, and the is. very first episode of Murder, She Wrote, we see Miss Jessica Fletcher. And she has three white women friends who you never see again. They are only in that episode. And then after that, she got Amos running around with her. And they like thick as thieves solving murders in Cabico, Maine. Right? <laughs> and I'm like, I wonder what happened to her friends. And then, you know, for a while, when I first started watching, I'm like, maybe they died, maybe they moved, I don't know. But then I realized after I got into more like analytical looking at TV that she needed a man to validate her suspicions, right? Because her best friends in the show were the sheriff and the doctor. So because these men have these positions of power in this town and they are men, they Wait. validate her suspicions. No. <laughs> in the same way, this white woman, especially in the area, in this South London town, where the police automatically assume all these kids are hoodlums anyway, oh. they validate their, she validates her innocence, especially when you look at the role that white women play. They are the pinnacle of innocence anyhow, <laughs> in any situation. So it's it's kind of like she blanketed them with her purity. Oh, oh let me just protect you. Let me just you. save you. Wrap let me just, this. <laughs> in, this, in this warm white glow, and then we can move forward. Oh my God, it got... It, it, oh, it got me, it got me heated. I was so mad at that ending when, like, to see Moses after all he had been through and after he had saved everybody be carted into that police van, I would, oh, it just got, it got me so hot. I was so mad. I'm like, and then, like, yeah, them having to be wrapped up in that, that white blanket of, of, come on, what's the word, of, Purity, innocence, whiteness, white womanhood. Protection, I don't know, but it just, it got me. It got, I was it was just, like I was, the invisible cloak from Harry Potter. You can't see them anymore. For my whiteness covers, covers everything. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. oh, it made me mad. But yes, yeah, so intersectionality was big on that. And it was just, it was just really, it was really deep to see the correlation between um, the police and the aliens and um, like white privilege and inherent supremacy versus um... but you, it's also interesting when you look at the 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 women who are in in this film right because the girlfriend Moses's girlfriend always sticks out to me love interest. But it's not even it's not even just that, because of all of the people, she is sitting there like, Moses, you know better. You know better than to be running around acting a fool. She black mommed him. And I appreciate right. it. <laughs> and he doesn't have that. He doesn't have that. 
But even, but it, it just, it was nice to see that there was at least one person in his life holding him to some type of standard, whether yes. he followed it or not. She had yes. a standard for that boy. Accountability, and, we, we stand. And it was interesting that it took this white woman to come in and like, I don't know, like validate his personhood for him to be able to like do the right thing. His humanity. Which is ridiculous because I'm just like, here was this girl who is your peer, who knows you, who cares about you, who is telling you that you are more than your circumstances. Mm -hmm. Yes, your life is hard, but you are better than what you have been portraying, whatever, whatever. And then here comes this random stranger that you robbed to be like, no, you good, bro. Like, no, like you, you're nice. You're a nice person. I'm going to be like, oh, I am a nice person. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> it was just a mess it was a whole mess but it wasn't, okay speaking of characters there were a lot of deaths in this movie a lot of gruesome in your face i'm i've been eaten <laughs> i wasn't i wasn't expecting them to go there with some of them like uh dennis's oh uh, yeah poor dennis poor dennis poor dennis poor baby right it's just the mm, the head it just oh they're good there it went there it goes <laughs> um, like Dennis, Dennis, Dennis got it. Uh, Jerome got it because he couldn't <gasps> see. It's like somebody. Yeah, when they Velma to him, I was like, God. <laughs> no, I can't Velma. see without my glass. Like I was like, oof. Not Velma to him. Uh, and then um, so yeah, uh, the police, the two policemen, Dennis, Jerome, um, high hats who. Hi hats. So that was a character. <laughs> that was a character. Um, because I think he represented what Moses could have become. Um, I think that was the was? toxic masculinity situation, right? Mm-hmm. So this was the person that that Moses and all of the boys theoretically were learning what it was what it was to be a man in their environment, and then it was it was murdered because it was toxic. And it also exposed like how, and it also exposed how inherently you know weak he was. Because how do you like you seem to be like this big and bad, you know? But you send your boy to go look at what just fell down from the ceiling, and he gets got. You don't even try to save him. Um, oh, Tonks. Yeah, and just it, and it, it, he was just so like. It reminds. It, it was just. It was another. I think this whole, this is, this is like the strangest coming of age story I think I've ever watched in my life. Right. (sighs) And it was cool. I think for them to finally realize that he was only intimidating to them because they were children. You had this, this grown man treating them like they were grown, but they all knew somewhere deep inside that they were still kids because they were scared of him because he was like off the handle or crazy or whatever it was. But mm-hmm. I think this is a really interesting way to do like a, what is it? Like lean on me, uh, how we become men. You smoke crack, don't you? Because everyone who survived like became an adult. Wasn't that, don't you mean s- stand by me? I did. I said lean on me. That's a Morgan Freeman movie. Yes, stand, stand by, by me. <laughs> stand by me. Lean on me is completely different. 
It's not. What I we're meant. Right yeah, we were not. We were not locking children in schools. And oh getting my! And, and cussing See? out teachers and, and cussing out teachers. When I tell you, I did not like that movie, girl. Oh, really? Oh, I know. I know. People gonna like you know take it's my black so card. I. Mm, 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 uh, mm. Anyway. That's, <laughs> That was the horror film and stuff, but let's not get on that. Um, back to this. Um, oh, I, I just lost my train of thought. I'm so sorry. But yeah, okay, coming but no, of I, age, I was going to say with, with Hi-Hats, he, his characterization to me, and this is my nerd side's out to come out. He reminded me of the character of Zant from <laughs> Twilight Princess, who was this like the antagonist you know of the game who seemed like very threatening and you know like this big boss and all this stuff but then you realize by the end by well in terms of you know by the end of the movie or by the end of the game he's insane and he is unhinged and he is inherently like weak like he can't stand on his own yeah and just to see how hi-hats unraveled throughout the movie and then by the end of it like he basically got killed by his own pride and ignorance. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, and like that, that elevator scene, I thought for sure he was, I did not think he was going to survive that. Me either. Me so, either. So I, was Me gag- like- so I was gagged when it opened up and he was still standing all bloody yeah. and shit. But I was like, oh, you, you made it. Oh, okay. Well. Yeah. I thought he was going to die. I, I thought he was going to die. So yeah, um, um, I just also say I really loved how this movie used its set pieces, um, like from from you know um, Biggs being stuck in the bin to um, the 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 lighting with the, the bin. The, you better use the lingo. <laughs> the, well, that's what it's called. Um, but uh, I tell I'm telling you, if I if I because I can't do it, I, if I could do a British accent, I would not shut up. I wouldn't, but because I can't, I can't do accents. I, I can't. I just don't have that gift. I can't even roll my R's. I'm, I'm useless. Um, but <laughs> <laughs> fun fact, <laughs> I lost that ability such a long time ago. I just, I, I don't know how to do it. I don't know how people do it. I can't do it. But um, anyway, um, I really enjoyed like down to the 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 lighting with the hallways, like how there was that switch. You know be. I'm a sucker for some good lighting. Boy, when I first saw this movie, I fell out. I was I threw my phone, I threw whatever I had. I was like, yeah. Because you knew you knew you knew when you saw it, they were gonna use it. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. You knew when you saw it, they were gonna use it because especially how how um it, how handy that comes when it when with the with the creatures in there their fur that doesn't reflect light. So mm-hmm. the only reason, the only way you you would know they were there would be if you saw the 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 teeth that are not eyes. Yep. And it's, oh, again, so the lighting, um, the small spaces of the um, apartments themselves, like having to fight the creatures in those spaces. Yeah. Um, and how the fight could be taken to different rooms, which could make things more intense because they're smaller. Like yep. with, with with Tia and Dimples with the um the the lamp and the ice skate. Like, you know, yep. like you have to use what you have. What you you, got. You, yeah. So um mm-hmm. and um that shot of the creatures scaling the building. Oh yeah. My God, there were so many of them. 
iconic. They did a really good job. They did a really good job. Like this is, this- I, I love seeing movies where they're like, like big, uh, you know, like all this. It's a, it's, it's a lot of action, but it's in like the these small or restricted spaces. Because again, I really thought when I said attack the block, that was going to take place on an actual like a, a block. But when they, when they, but they called their apartment building the block. Mm-hmm. And so having it take place on several floors, of course, but still like in this confined, you know, four walled space where they have to utilize the stairs and the elevators and all, you know, it was just, it, it, it gives it an air of claustrophobia in a way where the tighter things are, the more intense things get, especially when you have multiple aliens. Yeah. Yeah, I really. But and I think that's that. That's what I was. Um, that goes back into what I was saying earlier about the the formulaic attack on Precinct Thirteen situation. Mm-hmm. Because like I'm like I said, you put these scrappy characters in one place, and now they have to defend that place from all of these different attacking forces. Because theoretically, these kids were up against the aliens, the the crazy guy, and the police. <laughs> too it's too much it's too much and it's and and they're only like 15 when I, I swear when i found out moses age i my my jaw dropped i'm like 15 because again he looks older i i think yeah. john boyega at time of filming was actually 17 so it's it's not that far away john boyega yeah. is actually uh our ages uh, he's he's 28 he? I, I gagged i gagged i'm like yo okay between him and cardi b i feel like i have done nothing with my life <laughs> I just, I'm just like, what do you mean 27? What do you mean 28? I just, I'm like, I just stare at myself and it's like, what? I, I am not, I'm, I'm not shit. I'm like, <laughs> you know, like but, but again, that's why, you know, social medias can be bad and you shouldn't, you should never compare yourself to another person. But I don't know. I think celebrity, oh, yeah. I, think, be- I think celebrity just like, makes people appear older than they actually are because they just have yeah. all this because i look at cardi b sometimes and i'm like i don't look like that but, but i also don't not... have a surgeon like that so it's fine <laughs> i was thinking in terms of like you know the access and the ways they live and all that stuff that i just it's crazy because it's like <laughs> so uh anyway yeah john boyega is 28 but i think at the time of filming he was 17 um, so he's not, he's not that much older than his on-screen character, but again, with the ages, that was another thing I wanted to touch on because when he told Sam he was 15 and she said, you look so much older, that kind of rubbed me the wrong way because that kind of went into how whiteness doesn't let black, black children men... be children. Thank you. Thank you. It doesn't let black boys be boys. It, 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 it automatically sees them as men mm-hmm. and, and how damaging that can be to not only their um, innocence, but um, how they are treated in the world. That's the word. She blanketed them with her white innocence. That's it, because they didn't have none. That's the word we were searching for. Oh, A blanket of white innocence. There it is, daily double. Like snow, like snow, it floated on top of them. I'm done. Not daily <laughs> double. <laughs> I'm going to put that in there, too. Um, oh, Lamel has fallen off screen, ladies and gentlemen. She is gone. She is done for. <laughs> Come back. Come back, people. Come back, please. The people need you.
<laughs> oh my god. I need a, I need a, a moment. <laughs> Daily double. But yes. Um the yeah, the blanket of white innocence cuz they the, they didn't they didn't have any of that. And then just to see like how they were treated by police to see how um Sam saw them. It it really it just it really got me because um even they were trying to fight against that because one of them had said well, after that you know bum rushed into her apartment um and she was freaking out and but they're being chased by aliens one of them said um there are worse things out there than us right now mm-hmm. and it's like yeah it's like these these black boys and there was you know that one white one <laughs> um should not I'm look, uh, I don't even know how to put this. Um, so with with the context that y'all are in right now, you need to take off like the way that you see the world and you need to see it through how it currently is right now because being scared, like walking around being scared of, I don't know, the black people, black men, especially for the rest of your life, I don't, how is that going to help you? Mm-hmm. But, and and I think that's one of the other reasons why this film has persisted in the like pop culture canon conversation mm-hmm. because it's still I think it will always be relevant, right? Mm-hmm. Because you can reference this film in within the past year you could have referenced this film because it's like what is it gonna take for the police state to stop murdering citizens? Is it going to take a Mars attacks alien invasion for y'all to be like, oh, bet, okay, all right, my bad. Like, you know what I'm saying? Is it gonna take Independence Day for us, for y'all to like- (laughs) (laughs) Like like a Pacific Rim level event is gonna have to happen. Godzilla and Kong are gonna have to fight IRL for them to be like, oh, we'll let y'all be. We got some other, we got other problems. King Kong is going to be stuffing um, a redwood tree down Godzilla's throat for the police to be like, you know what, black men. Y'all ain't that bad. You know, we're sorry. You know, that's what it's going to take. It's not going to be, I'm sorry. It's going to be like, y'all ain't that bad. We have a giant lizard and a giant monkey literally tearing the world apart. You are not that bad. It's, I don't right. know. We it's do too have, much. We do have bigger problems. We're sorry. But yeah, it's just so seeing so seeing that, um, and it was a small exchange, but it just it there was just so much there to unpack. And how Pest once said, and especially with him being white, um, he said, they arrest us for nothing already. Mm-hmm. So knowing that they just get arrested for like just being you know um even down to like again uh, i think two black black um, men in hoodies yeah yeah because and i think another way to read the aliens especially just because so many of the boys die i think an interesting read of the alien invasion is the fact that youth and black boys in their circumstances are not allowed to make mistakes, right? Mm. Because the alien invasion didn't happen until after 
the robbery. Mm-hmm. And if you look at the robbery as a as a domino for the the catalyst. events to come as a catalyst, thank you. Mm-hmm. If you look at the robbery as a catalyst for the events to come, you can argue that maybe if they didn't rob her, the aliens would not have fallen from the sky, right? And if the aliens are this cosmic karma situation of you made this mistake, so here is this retribution. Ooh, it's interesting karma. that the 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 answer to uh what is like a youthful mistake is death essentially or the threat of death and that correlates directly with this police situation because in nine times out of ten that is what happens you Mm -hmm. call the police for a minor incident and then what is the what the answer is is death and it's only that way for boys in that situation Mm -hmm. and it just Mm. Cosmic karma. That's interesting. interesting. That's the thing. I feel like this this film, it, it was I, it did very well upon reception. Like it won a bunch of awards and it was talked about a lot and it's heralded as like one of the best films of the 2010s, like all of the things. But also because of the multiple readings of what is happening. That's why I said I feel like yeah, this will so- never not be the social the social commentary was on 10. And I was not expecting that when I when I went in. I was not, yeah. so I was pleasantly surprised because I, I I love I love movies that have a substance to them like this, yeah. um, and I think John Boyega um, did a phenomenal job in elevating that um, because you know the writing was already you know good, but I just having John there, especially with this being like his first big role, mm-hmm. it, just, it was really phenomenal to see. But and then can I, I I'm in a bunch of horror groups and communities online, and it's always difficult being a black and brown person in those spaces because sometimes the caucasity is too much. Ooh. And today there was a post this black woman posted about Jordan Peele, and she was like, "Oh, you know, I wonder where it's gonna go from here. I, I'm kind of out. My jury's out on him, or whatever." And I'm reading through the comments and all of these white people are calling him trash and his movies suck and Mm. they're too political was the resounding, the the most repeated comment. And one person was saying, yeah, because it's too political and he always depicts white people as villainous and evil. And I'm just watching this movie to enjoy it i'm not watching it to have a conversation or whatever these people say or or i'm not watching it to be attacked oh but so oh you poor bitch (laughs) oh sucks for you but so i i i feel like attack the block one, everything is political. Let's be clear. Because everybody who says that still loves George Romero and still watches Night of the Living Dead, so get off of my internet. Look, um, two, <laughs> Attack the Block, I think, is one of those rare mashups of all these genres that also has this really obvious political stance that is still overtly entertaining because you can be ignorant to all of the subtext and still enjoy watching this movie. And you can be aware of all of the social political implications and still enjoy this movie. 
And, also, and I feel like that's a really artful, it was very artfully constructed. And I don't see white people attacking this movie. Maybe it's, maybe it's because Joe Cornish is a white man. Maybe, maybe. But also if you, I feel like if you as a white person feel like all of the white people in a particular director's viewpoint are depicted as evil, then maybe you should do some soul searching and figure out why you identify <laughs> and feel attacked by this. Ooh. Because if, if, because it just it, it, it's astonishing to me because as a black person, as a brown person, all of our depictions since since birth of a nation are awful. All of them. All of them. Mm. But you're butt hurt because of three things. Mm-hmm. I, don't, um, I don't understand it. No, this this goes back to um oh my god, who was it? That's it. Give me, give me a second. Um, same can be said about how a lot of men um, felt attacked by that. I think it was a razor commercial. Oh, the um, one, the Gillette, where they were like, "Yes, Gillette. toxic thank masculinity." You. Thank you, thank is you. Wrong. And it's wrong. Yeah, like, and it's like, honey, honey, child, listen. Now, if you feel attacked, that's something you got to take up with yourself and look into. But this Turn commercial inward. was not an attack. Turn it was like, uh, yeah. So, I, when that happens, I'm just like, oh, then that seems like a you problem that you need to examine. I don't think that's the director's fault. I don't think that's the uh, writer's fault. Like this, uh, yeah. So Jordan Peele's work, ha- people putting like this emphasis on it being political. Um, like, is is that because? Um, is it because he's a black man or what, what, what are you trying like, why are you so anyway? Why are you pressed? Why are you so pressed? Pressed more than a rented tuxedo for prom night. But anyway. Also, I like, I, I appreciate the fact that there were a lot of different types of characters, right? Because I don't think anyone was flat because oh, what's no his way. name? from Shaun of the Dead, who had the long hair, who was also like the drug dealer in like the Nick classic Frost, suit. Ron. Yes. Yes, Ron, Ron. Right. So he was this random jumpsuit wearing drug dealer <laughs> who just knew everybody because he was the plug. And I appreciated that he was this random jumpsuit wearing white dude. And then you like, have Bruett, who is who's like a who's a who's a who's a student who doesn't even live there, but he's a stoner and he's just in the area who gets stuck there. Right. Uh, and didn't his car get destroyed? <laughs> by one of the meteorites. Yes. yes. That's why he couldn't go anywhere. He drove <laughs> he, he went straight into the bushes when he saw that happen. <laughs> he's like, and he, there was a line where he's like, I'm too high for this shit. And it's just like, Yes, you are, dear sir. Yes, you are. Yes, you are. Um, and like each each one of the um, boys, like Pest, Dennis, Jerome, Biggs, each had like a story that you could kind of get a glimpse into when they went into their homes to get like their own weapons. Like, um, uh, but then you know that you know that Joe went around to like different neighborhoods and asked yeah. local kids, like, if there was an alien invasion, yeah. what would you grab? I yes, think that that is like so that. He cool. Did, he did his research to make yes. that as authentic as possible. He did he did his field work. 
Yes. He did his field work. And I respect him for it. I respect him for it. He went out there, and that's why, and that's why it did, the the characters came off as so three dimensional because it didn't feel like they were faking the funk. They felt real. Yep my you my know? favorite characters were um, Mayhem and Probs. Mayhem. They were the two little kids that were following oh, them around. Yes. We didn't even talk about them. Yeah, Mayhem and Probs. Um, who were trying so hard to get in the to get in the crew in the group? Um, they wanted and, to be in the group so bad, and but they ended up saving Biggs, so I yeah. think they earned their spot. Yeah, they're fun. Um, but and I think yeah. that that's also a really honest situation because you know, as a kid growing up in a neighborhood with other kids, there's always kids that are older than you and younger than you, and the younger kids always want to hang out with the older kids. Always. <laughs> it's like so. Where is so? Like, how do we? How do we get a piece? Like, how do we get in there? Um, and it was it was really cute. I'm and I'm so glad that um, like they didn't die. <laughs> yeah, me too. Because I'd have been sad. Yeah, I like, would have been upset. They were like the the alien went right past us. You know, I was like, thank God. Um, <laughs> so yeah, I think I think we can. I think we can. Wrap it up. I think the last thing I wanted to say was, um, I think Big said this towards the end of the movie. Why do you, why do you always arrest the wrong people? Yeah. Yep. It's just it. Uh, yeah. So again, it, it, a lot of antagonists here: um, the police, the aliens, hi hats, um, and then just against like all these kids, especially Moses, because so, he was the he was the one who put things in motion. Mm-hmm. Um, it just, yeah. So Attack, Attack the Block is a phenomenal film. Um, Everyone it, should watch it at least once. I I agree. And um, I'm just so happy that, you know, this was John Boyega's, like, big, big start into, yeah. like, the business. Because um, he's, he's given us so much with Star Wars, but this is a great thing to see how he started off in and also just knowing like how um like did you see over the summer like um with the movement and stuff all those like pro-black posts and how unapologetic he was I'm like if we need more of that because he's just like fuck my career like this is what you know I want and I'm just like but also I love him anyways because me and you need to have another maybe we should do Pacific Rim one day I don't know if that works like I don't know if that counts as like a monster movie but but I went to a screening and he was there to answer questions. Stop. It's like a whole other thing. Yeah. Like his, the way that his brain works and approach and, and approaches to how he wants to do things is, is like top, top tier level, like top shelf vodka. I'm, I'm drinking that one. I just want to sit and have coffee with him. I think it would be fun. I just want to know how, like, cause I, I really appreciate, I really appreciate him as an activist and as an artist and as a person. So yeah, um, and then also we didn't we I've got to start saying this at the top of the hour, but there were black people in the making of this film. <laughs> there were several, they were multifaceted, they were different shades, they had different personalities. I love it. I'm sorry, we didn't say that at the beginning, but <laughs> disclaimer, okay. <laughs> <laughs> uh, <laughs> but yes, yeah, so that was Attack the Block. Um it used to be, I think, on Showtime, but they took it off. So it's on Prime now, isn't it? Is I don't know. Yeah, but, it's two dollars on Prime. 
Oh, I was just talking about like if you already have an account for stream. I don't know if it's available for streaming anywhere if you already have an account with somebody, but check it out, please. Uh, give it up for Cornish and um, Boyega and the rest of the cast. Like they, they did their thing. Um, and it's, it's just a very great alien invasion movie um with and it's very funny and it just it really fires on all cylinders y'all gotta check it out um so um do we have any announcements or um just two things i guess uh speaking of announcements as i was talking earlier about like spaces online for Black and people of color horror lovers to congregate and talk and have discussions. We did make a um, Facebook group. If you search all things Black horror on Facebook, um, you answer like three questions. I think it's something like, who's your favorite director? Agree to the group rules, blah, blah, blah. And then you can join. There's a bunch of people on there talking, um, doing horror recommendations, the whole nine. Feel free to look that up. just to continue to build this community of black horror enthusiasts, I guess we can call ourselves. (laughs) Mm -hmm. And then if you haven't already, please check out the website. We are still building our email list. I think we have a handful of emails. So we had a handful of people who really want those stickers. (laughs) The The stickers stickers. are a thing. (laughs) They got shipped. I think they're going to be in this week. Listen, USPS has been playing with me all day. I'm just, give me the stuff. Um, it was because of the snow. Blame the snow. I know, but girl, anyway, I'm sorry. <laughs> I, need, I, I need to be more, I know I need to be more patient. I'm sorry. But yes, come in. The stickers, get the things. Um, but yeah, come check us out. Um, all things Black Horror on the Facebook. We would love to have you there. Um, give us those emails because we really want to build a community um, with Scary Crit. And um I, yeah, I think that's it. So, uh, ciao. All right. Later on, podcast people.